Welcome to the Reverberations Podcast, where we explore the human experience and the journey of self-discovery. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, John Stewart, founder of 365 and Embrace the Fire Within, author, sound alchemist, and specialist in integrative wellness. As always, it's an honor to share this time and space with you, as well as the sponsors that support our podcast. Known as a transformation company, I was introduced to Purium a few years back and implemented it right away as a staple in my daily, personal, and professional practice. Their daily core four is made up of four Purium products that cleanse the body and satisfy its critical needs at a cellular level. Their products fit any preferred dietary lifestyle, whether you're looking for detox, life transformation, nourishment, weight loss, immune support, fitness, gut health, they got you covered. Perhaps one of the things that I value most about Purium is that their alignment with my values. They source from organic, sustainable farmers and practice eco-friendly shipping. They're a quality, trusted company with a vested interest in spreading economic freedom through plant-based wellness. Visit iShopPurium.com. That's iShop, P-U-R-I-U-M.com. Enter referral code AmplifyYourLove for $50 off your first order. Dear friend of mine and fellow Navy vet, Craig Strang Thompson, who's also a pretty amazing singer as well, has been developing websites since the inception of the internet. In fact, he sat on an R&D panel developing one of the web's very first websites in HTML. Needless to say, he's one of the most solid in the field of providing small business solutions to meet your every IT need with an approach based on enhancing communications through integrated technologies. Request your free evaluation at easycom.com. Dot com. That's E-A-S-I-C-O-M-M dot com. Welcome to another edition of Reverberations. I have a incredible guest today that I'm really excited to share his work. The essence of his work is shifting paradigms around love, success, wealth, and freedom. Jay Malik is a spiritual teacher, motivational speaker, author, personal coach, and founder of the International School of Alignment. That said, I want our listeners to know who Jay Malik is. Like, what's under the hood? What led you to where you are right here, right now? That, that's a, a deep question. Ultimately, I would say I am a child who grew up very curious about God and spirituality and faith and the life after this and what that means for this life. And that curiosity led me to deep, deep study. Um, The most profound experience I had that kind of spurred it even more was uh, it was the night before September 11th. Um, I was 10 and, you know, I just had this, this encounter with the divine and it was a very, you know, overwhelming experience. You know, I I knew it was something beyond human, you know, um, thinking or rationale. It just it just pure overtaking. And so the next day, it it seemed like wow, this happened the day before. It just it was an interesting turn of events. And I've always kind of kept that. Like I didn't even say that out loud until maybe you know, a year or two ago. Like I just kind of kept that within like this thing happened the day of September 11th and that kind of just changed things for me. 
Um, so I, I began getting more curious and learning about different systems, whether it's in Africa, um, North America, South America, Asia. What are all these practices that we have in the world? Where do we get them from? What are the common denominators? And if you, you know, you study deep enough, you see that there's this core fabric of humanity and the idea of faith, the idea of spirit, the idea of soul, the idea of expansion, the idea of a life after this one. Yeah. Um, we didn't just make all these things up out of nowhere. You know, like we talk about from the ancient civilizations to now, we still have these beliefs of there's something greater than us. And I, I feel like most humans have experienced it and maybe we can't always articulate what that is, but that's because it's divine. So I'm a person who's been guided by that um, strong desire to know. And that desire led me to the reality. There is no knowing there. There's just kind of you, you feel your way into what this presence is and you get closer to it and you learn that it's actually a real thing. And, you know, you're not aligned with it and you and you know when you're aligned with it. And just having that experience is enough to to know that there is something unknown. And I think that's as close as we can really get to God. And I think, you know, religion has tried to, you know, everything has tried to get us close to that space. And some people don't get it. Some people do get it. Some people are on the path. Some people are off the path. But it's all part of the course. Um, and for me, it's just like now it's like a mission to like, hey, just if you can feel the presence even 1% of the presence, just one time, you'll know it's real. And so like part of it is getting humanity to experience that presence just once. Even this one meditation, you're like, hmm, that was different. And you experience the contrast of not feeling that presence. That makes you more aware of what there actually is. And so that's so important to just get across, you know, to, to humans. And I, I Attaching that then to the life itself of living out your full potential, right? Like, what does that mean? And why do we have potential? Why do we have gifts? Why do we have talents? Why do we have things we can share, things where we have an affinity for? Like, all these things are pre-programmed within us to kind of share that presence within what we do. And that's what living an aligned life like looks like, what it is what it means. And so it's hard to get to that place where everyone kind of wants that purpose feeling, that contribution, that what am I here for? But it's hard to get to that place without tapping into the presence. And so bridging those two gaps, you know, are probably two of the largest, you know, not issues, but paths of human life of what is this presence guiding my life and what am I here to do? It's like, you have to get the presence and then you will find what you're here to do. And then there's a whole, you know, list of things that we can say that principles that help guide you on this life. And so I'm just really passionate about helping people discover that because discovering that within myself is allowed me to not know what's going to happen next or not, you know, um, have a perfect life, but you can, you can tell when you're off when you're on the path. And that is the only secret, right? It's yeah. when you can have the resonance, you know, what it is and what isn't. And that's all you need on the path. Absolutely. Uh, you know, thank you for sharing that because there's something there that you shared about the journey of self-discovery, you know, of that leading us 
to be magnetized by our curiosity. There's that curiosity that comes forward that I know something, though it's it's beyond the beyond. It's in that space of the unknown. Do we allow ourselves to be curious? Do we give ourselves permission to be curious? To go forth into that space. So when you spoke to that, you know, the something greater being guided by that. And you said, you know, it's not necessarily a knowing. There is the knowing, but we only have the connection with that. We allow ourselves to experience it because knowledge is one thing. Wisdom is knowledge experienced, right? Uh, I, I love that. You know, the thing I want to touch on one thing that you said, because it's an uncanny correlation between us. So I was actually in uh, Connecticut and I was living in Florida at the time, but I flew back uh, to Connecticut to visit family. And we left on September 10th to come back, my daughter and I. And I wrote in my journal that I was feeling like this incredibly weird sensation that something was going to happen. There's something moving through and I couldn't explain it. And I shared it with my roommate, Jay. And he was like, it's like, I don't know, man, I don't know what to tell you, but you're tapped in. So obviously there's something moving. And then all of a sudden that happened, you know, so I feel you with that. And again, that's the resonance that we talk about when there's a resonance and we feel into it, there's a knowing that's beyond the known. Yeah. So I, I really, uh, you know, I appreciate that you articulated that and shared your experience of what kind of piqued that curiosity on the journey of self-discovery. And uh, as long as we have that one experience, like you said, it's it's hard to kind of be like, oh, yeah, that's just a one time thing. You know, if we give ourselves permission to follow the bouncing ball of synchronicity, man, what a story we get to create and we get to live. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's that, there's that reference point. Like, I love what you said. Like, we, it's the story we live. And like, before you have it, the experience, or before you even, you may have had it, right? But you may not identify the experience yet. And that can be, because it's not always this mystical thing. It can be something as simple as the love for my mother or the passion for something, or it's like, you know, athletes call it being in the zone. Yes. Something about when you can become a passive observer of your own life, you get very, very close to the presence because you're allowing the presence to live through you enough to feel the resonance. And most times we're living through the sphere of the known, which is you know, like the ego consciousness of I am this and this is who I am. This is my story. And so everything becomes this known variable and while that may seem like it's security and safety it's actually becomes a prison you know one of my favorite analogies I, I like to give is what is the difference between a security guard and a prison guard and the two are very very it's a thin line right right yeah security is protecting you from the outside but a prison guard is keeping you inside and if you look, if you look close enough, it you really couldn't tell the difference. And so the ego has this idea of security that actually becomes the prison guard because everything is about protecting this known environment, but everything about the presence is in the unknown. 
Yeah. You can't get to the present unless you release the known and accepting that that may come with losses. That may come with things leaving your life. It may come with things changing, but it also going to come with things coming in and things flowing. And it's going to be a seamless integration of flow, input and output versus trying to manage your life. Like we can't manage life. We all, no one leaves life alive, right? We all are going to the same exit point. And so your, your middle process is much more fluid and enjoyable, even the bad times when you're allowing the unknown to happen. And it, like you said, synchronicity, it, it only happens when you let it happen, right? Like even this conversation and those parallels coming up are just reminders of, hey, there's something else. Like what, what are the, like, you know, if you, you have to go back 20 years, 22 years and say, what are the odds this combo happens? It's probably one in a billion, maybe less than that. And so it's, there has to be something that's connecting all these dots. Let's say in 22 years, we're going to connect. And there's somebody watching this or listening to this who's going to have a connection. And our experience was only for them to get the connection they needed to get in this moment. And, and that then, ripple effect that continues to amplify. And that can be a ripple effect that happens in 100 years from now that has nothing to do with our individual experience. And we don't know what that looks like. And we don't know what it, and we don't have to know. That's the beauty of the present. You don't have to know. And so it's like a, it's it becomes freedom. You don't need any prison guard or security guards because everything is is flowing and things are happening in your life today. Well, the same way our conversation can help someone 100 years from now by proxy, something happened 100 years ago to make this happen. And so there's this continual effect of good things happening and understanding that things are are shaping in your favor. It's it's just it shifts a lot in in the being of, of from like self-suffering and torment to like, why can I get this right? Why why am I getting this wrong? It's like, what if you're not getting anything wrong? What if you're just not looking at what's open? You're looking out the wrong window. Yeah. And that's a lot of what life is, right? It's like synchronicity is like looking at the right place at the right time, like looking out the window to see that bus that has your high school nickname on. Like, you know, it's like weird things like that, but you couldn't do that if you were like focused on something else and you were just super, super tied to it. You know, it's so, it's so passive. It's, and I think people hear the word passive and they, they think like, I have to take control of my life. And it's like, you're going to have opportunity to shine. Uh, analogy I like to use too is life is theater, right? We have, there's a lot of humor obviously in, in life, but life is theater. And all you want to do is show up as a 10, meaning deep inside you, you already know the lines for every scene you're going to walk into. You all, you know, all the lines, but if you try to remember the lines, you won't know the lines. If you go into the next meeting, like, what do I got to say next? You're going to, you're not going to know because you're trying to, you're removing the presence from operating within you. And you're trying to use what you know to feel the space of unknown because it feels uncertain. It feels, it's fearful. It's, it's, it's not a good feeling when you feel like I have to perform. And when you become more of an expression versus a performance, 
you get to show who you actually are and you get to show what the presence is trying to deliver through you to other people and in those connections. And that's so powerful to have. It's, Hey, you're already who you need to be. It's just showing up as a 10 as you are in this moment, because your 10 right now won't be 10 in five years. You will be better. You will be improved. You will, you will, you'll grow. But right now your best self is going to be displayed or displayed through expression and allowing that to display right now where you are is all you need for the synchronicities to sink in. It's that's it. You don't have to be anything else. You have to be more. You have to be less. You can just be exactly who you are in this moment and express it. And that allows life to flow in and out how it needs to for you to get to that next moment of presence. And it just keeps giving you breadcrumbs over and over again to say, hey, stay open, stay open, stay, stay expressive. Show up as a 10. You know the lines. You got the right costume. You got the right background. And if you don't have the right background, having the right expression will let you know you don't have the right background. It'll let you know, hey, it's time for a scene change. It's time for you to change cities, change jobs, change this, change that, switch this up here. New passions, new hobbies. It'll let you know. And that's, it's such a liberation of the mind because that is what is playing all of this is that disconnect between spirit and body is blocked by this mental portal we have. If you can free that mind and allow the spirit, mind and body to operate in the aligned way, but all of them operating freely, they have to all be free. The spirit must be free. The mind must be free. The body must be free. The body can't be a slave to the mind. The body can't be a slave to spirit. It has to be an expression of spirit. Mm-hmm. And so when all these things are just like working together, you, you just, you just watch. And it's amazing that you feel like you're watching something. You're not feel like you're doing anything. You're just like, wait, what's what's happening? My arms are moving. My mouth is talking. I'm seeing people. I'm meeting people. We're having these connections. This is weird. It's it's crazy. It's a crazy phenomenon. It, and there's no way to, to explain it. There's no way to explain it other than there's something else controlling this beyond us. It has to be. Yeah. How could you explain it otherwise? You know, it's, yeah, I mean, just like you were saying, like, you know, if we try to control it, there's an analogy that I use, right? I've got a pen in my hand. I'm holding on to this. I'm holding on to it. It's my pen. I'm not letting it go, right? But after a while, I'm not going to be able to hold on to it. My muscles are going to loosen. I'm going to get exhausted from holding on to it because I got to control it. I can't give it away. It's mine. I'm attached to my I am presence. I'm attached to whatever identity that I need to profess rather than allow to be an expression of my own authenticity, right? However, if I turn my hand around and I open my hand and I have that pen just sitting on top of my hand, there's the fear that somebody might come and take that pen. That's a possibility. There's also a possibility that somebody might come by and put a magic marker in there too. They might put a drafting pencil in there. They might put five other pens in there. Mm-hmm. Somebody might come and overflow. So I'm not even able to hold on to the abundance that's here because it's overflowing. But that's only because my hand is open to receive rather than to control the experience. So I really, you know, to tap into that and what you shared, you know, that that prison guard mentality of keeping everything controlled within our experience is just a perceived sense of safety, right? Of where that's a false sense of security. 
of where we're actually cutting off and the the restriction for the flow for spirit to move through us to be a conduit for all that we know to be true. And you brought that up in your in one of your writings, the path to self-awakening, where everything that is desired from our higher self really isn't a desire. It's a resonance. There's a frequency connection because it's already written. Right. Do you want to tap into that? I know you that's basically what you were just sharing, but speaking from that point on the path of self-awakening, it's just remembering who we are. Yeah, it's I'm sure you 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 going down the law of attraction rabbit hole and a lot of people have have, you know, studied some of these things and like, how do I attract this, this or that or this or that? And that that's a great place of, you know, curiosity and expansion. But the truth about it is if it's attraction, there's no there's not a lot of thought into it. Right. It's just it's so interesting because sometimes the attraction can be aligned. Like I say, you know, I want to have a a mansion. That desire may actually be coming from a true place. But wanting to have a mansion right now is not coming from a true place. And so like that difference of resonance and like wanting like longing for something that's not here is you are avoiding out the experience that you're in you are avoiding out the things that are happening right now that are important even in times of triumph or times of you going through something like we're, we're human beings there is a there is a ebb and flow to this there's a positive and a negative there's there's a good and a bad there is a there, there's always going to be this polarity and Sometimes that attraction idea can it's based in like a utopian idea of when I get all these things, then I'll be okay. Right. And it reinforces I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I don't have these things. I don't have this. I don't have that. And it's it's such you beat yourself down. And then at the same time, you're beating yourself down for not having this thing. You're also trying to control everything you do have, living this dualistic suffering. In the physical and in the mental, and it, it's draining to the spirit, and you miss the synchronicities, you miss the things that are happening right now in these moments. That that's all. You, that's all we have are the moments. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have the things. Like you don't have a like. You know, when you had a new laptop, you you were excited about that new laptop. But guess what? In fifteen years, it won't be new anymore. Yeah. But what happened in those fifteen years was more important than the laptop. We just miss out on like time is the gift. The experience is the gift. Like none of the things that happen in the time are the. It's the experience of the time itself. It's not even what happens. Not even if it's good or bad. It's just experiencing it is the actual gift. And so when you when you tap into that thought process or methodology, you're already attracting it. Then it's just a matter of opening your eyes to see. What good am I attracting right now? What positive am I attracting? What like, oh, I attracted this. What feel good things? So now you're in this process of affirming like I'm great. I'm feeling good. This is amazing. Look what's happening in my life. Look what's moving. Look what's happening here. And you're now you're opening yourself up. You, you turn that pin the other way. Right. And now you're wow. Look how many things are happening and I'm not controlling any of it. And it's, And now you're. I can feel it even now just describing it, right? Like it's, you're in a different frame of being 
the doing yeah. things haven't changed, but you're being changed because now you're you're aware you're you're in the presence. The in the presence is knowing that hey, all these good things are happening without my consent. Without my doing, without me shifting, without me trying to attract it, all these good things have happened. So if that's yeah, happening already, for me, not to me. And they, they've already happened, so that they're going to keep happening. If they've happened up to this point, they won't stop in the next 50 years. They're going to keep going. So now you get to just sit back and enjoy the ride versus what's coming next. What's going to be this? It's like, hey, just, hey, tomorrow's going to happen. And if it doesn't, you won't know it anyway, because all you have is now. Don't miss out on now looking for tomorrow. And that that's just, it's really, it's its funny. Like we have these simple little phrases that's like, it encapsulates life all together because that life is really that simple as like live in the now. Be present, you know, be here now. All these sayings, we it's like, just be present. That's, it's called the present. Right. It's a gift, right? You know, it's a reason why it's the present because it is the gift. What are the odds that human beings call the present the present? I don't know. Probably the next. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because you know the human condition is in this space of like the fear of missing out. Right? We're either attached to the past, worried about what's going to happen in the future. Or what happened to me in the past and, you know, all of these conditions and it takes us away. You know, I, I went to this event with Aubrey Marcus and he, he told this incredibly beautiful story. And one of the punchlines, if you will, of it was, was being inside the moment, mm. being inside the moment, being encapsulated within that energetic container of all of the information that is for us. Mm. And most of us are chasing moments, chasing the things that moments provide rather than allowing ourselves to be embodied within that energy and being in the resonant field of that, Mm. in that morphic resonance that allows us to align with it. And that's what I love about aligning humanity to its highest spiritual potential, because that's essentially what it is. The only way that we can shift the paradigm is if we become the energetic expression of it. If we want love, then we have to, or the invitation is, is to be the frequency of love rather than seeking the frequency of it and then trying to be it, because then we're actually not the expression of who we are of our I am presence, which is just the conduit of spirit coming through us in that innate frequency of our personal truth that we've been gifted with in the moment. So I really appreciate, you know, you sharing that of talking about the alchemy of the moment and, you know, to, to expand upon that. Cause one of the things that you touched on in the family is the business of God is the generational trauma, Right. And a lot, that's one of the challenges that we're experiencing now, especially with mental health. And thank goodness that there is, uh, there's opportunities for growth. And there's a lot of people that are tapping into that work of un- unwinding the generational trauma. And there is a line that you shared in that passage on your site that the greatest disruptor of generational wealth is the trauma created and endured by a dysfunctional family unit. Powerful, incredibly powerful statement. Can you, can you touch on that a little bit? 
Yeah. And so, man, that this whole this whole thing is like giving me goosebumps. So <laughs> the word wealth originally comes from the word wheel, which means like well-being. It means wholeness. And so it connects to like financial because like we'll get to that point. Right. But what does it mean to be a well? What does it mean to have well-being? What does it mean for your being to be well? Right. We have physical, we even call it physical well-being because we know that's not actually well-being. It's physical well-being. But what is your true well-being? How is your being well? And you you just like summarize that up perfectly with like being inside the moment and not chasing moments. Cause you're if you're chasing moments, you're not being, you're trying to do, you're trying to chase. But being well is mean you're you're very well at being. <laughs> it, it's like it's right, it's so simple, but it's right in front of us. It's how well are you at being? That enhances your well-being. It's and so when you don't have that, it's hard to obviously see the signs of what to attract and what to combine, what to because we're all in this kitchen of life kind of mixing ingredients mixing people and places and interest and, and ideas and ideologies and methodologies and systems and processes we're all trying to figure life out because we're all living it for the first time in this experience and so today is the first day we live today right so we're we're rookies at being today we're no we're no better at being today than babies are we're all learning on the fly of what today brings but when you're developing and you're especially when it comes to the, the curses of, of, you know, past lineages or mistakes that have caused trauma. And this is why I feel like spirituality is such like crucial to the life experience, because this process is like the essential problem of life. Like how do you unwind from our own human flaws to discover something new and not perfection, but it's just, newness more unknown that we can grow into more expansion like i always say if you can see what we've created so far and we can say there's a lot of you know ill things with the world but there are so many positive things that we've created with so much trauma so imagine what 20 percent healing looks like for the world how much like the rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing like how much more can we go as humans if we just focus a little bit more on the healing process, but go back to the, the the curses thing. And when you build this union, a lot of times the parents are the model, right? Of like what it look, what, what love means in general, what does love look like from a parent to a child from spouses? What does it look like? And subconsciously as a child, you're going to model what you see or what you don't see. So if you don't see two parents loving each other, you're going to, model what you think love looks like but if it's absent you're going to model okay love looks absent love looks like this and so you're going to attract someone who also had the same experience then that, that could be an opportunity for both of you to unwind that together very difficult you have to be you have to go into it knowing that but if you go into right. it knowing that then you already kind of halfway there which it's still a lot of work yeah, what typically happens is you're going into it and you find out on the way there, you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> we're in trouble. We're going to have to fix this. And you can't fix another person. That's 
that's the toughest part about this spiritual being and, and learning yourself is you want to pass it on to someone else. You want to be able to hit a button and say, hey, we're just healed and we're happy together. But everyone has to go through their own shadows and it's tough. And even that process of going through those shadows can be called separation because it, it's with children, with parents, like the people you love the most, you see them going through things like, hey, if they only just felt the presence and just got, you know, it's so simple, but you know, there are so many layers because I've had my layers and still have layers, right? Of like, how can we peel back these things that we've experienced and normalized? And maybe some things are going to, we're going to just cope with. And some things we can remove, some things we can, we can heal, something we can transmute. There's different layers of how much you can shift things. And some things are just there to be a reminder, right? So we, we that's even the thing with healing too, like this perpetual healing thing is at some point it it goes back to the simplicity of well-being right because that's a question people ask often like how do i know when i'm healed and it's it's almost like the paradigm of knowing you were never broken but it's it's hard to get you know it's it's like mentally you can't get there such a dichotomy it's yeah it's like stepping out of the prison it's like how do i know i'm free well the door is open yeah but you don't know that you're in a prison so you can't step out the door it's it's so crazy, but it's when you get back to the well-being, things kind of fade away. Now, some things may take psychological help or, or, or a therapist. There's some things that are more traumatizing, that are more damaging to the ego. So your ego may have a lot more bruises and bumps on it that need to get nurtured into. So not, you know, negating that aspect of the healing process, but it ultimately still comes down to that simplicity of where you can get back to well-being and even forgiving yourself for not always being in your well-being, forgiving the person you used to be, grieving that person you used to be, mourning that loss of who you used to be. And that's, there's so much. And it can be very, very taxing when you have the other aspects of life going on, loss of a family member, loss of a job. Like it it can be a lot of weight. And it's that weight and knowing that weight is why there has to be so much emphasis on, you know, community and connection and, and passing on simple things that may help. Like this podcast, this conversation we're having today may help someone just be like, you know what? I should just be okay with who I am. And just that may be my starting point. Yeah. Maybe just being okay with where I am. It's, and I've been there. I've been in dark depressions. I've been addicted to painkillers. Like, you can be in a place and it's all because of that. It, it doesn't seem like it. I, and I know it doesn't seem like it. I've been there, but it, it all comes from that longing to not be where you are. And it, it is, sounds counterproductive to be somewhere you don't want to be and accepting to be there. Yeah. But not accepting to be there, to be stuck there, to be, to be accepting of the fact that if I allow myself to be well in my being, the things around me will change. Absolutely. And it, I know it's tough. And somebody's probably listening like, man, I'm somewhere I don't want to be. I can't stay here. And it's like, you won't stay there. I promise you, you won't stay there. But the more you fight it, the more you stay. So true. You just let go of the of the not wanting to be and, ex- and experience what you're here to learn, because maybe what you're going through, you're here to teach someone else who's going to be going through the same exact thing 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Maybe it's a grandchild. Maybe it's a great grandchild. Maybe it's a, a mentee, maybe it's someone in your community. You don't know what it is, but your path is designed for something. And even the things that look like bad can be good on the other side. It's just a matter of, hey, 
I've been through things and I've I've experienced and I've I've always grown and come out of the other side. So it's yeah. you're gonna come out the other side. It's just be well where you are. Be well. And that doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It doesn't mean you have to be happy all the time. It's just, hey, I'm angry right now. Let me just sit in this for a moment. I'm just not, let me not act. Let me not try to act out of this emotion. Let me not, because I'm sad, let me go do something because I'm sad. Let me just, I'm sad. Right. Sit with it. Let me just sit with this. Why am I sad? Is it because I'm long since in the past? Am I trying to get something for a, for a soul? So long, I was trying to reclaim time that I felt like I lost. <laughs> and I was losing my presence because I was trying to regain the past. I'm like, I've lost so much time. I have to catch up. It's like, catch up to what? Right. Or you feel like the future is not happening for you. Hmm. So it all goes back to when we get back to that presence, that, that well-being, that in the moment, it's it flows. And so when two people are able to do that, you can break that curse. But when that curse stays, when that that trauma stays and it builds and it passes on to the children because that's their normal. And you can have three or five generations of normalcy before anyone challenges it and says, hey, that's not normal. Yeah. And you don't get exposed. And it's the thing about it is we're so energetic. It's a gift and a curse. We're so energetic as people. We attract communities of people who have gone through the same thing. And it becomes an echo chamber of, oh, I've been to that too. I'm suffering too. And we have like the suffering Olympics. Of, I've had it work. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. Everyone stop. We're all here to be well. Yeah. And we, it's, it's, this human experience is something. It's, it's, it will take you on a ride and you don't know what's up, what's down. And it's something you have to stop and just, okay, where am I? Let me just be present. I'm here. I'm here now. And this is where I am. I'm not in the past, not in the future. I'm here. I'm not in control. I'm, And that's okay. I'm not. And it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to not even be okay with, you know, it's, it's all, it's all well. It's, it's such, it's such a weird thing when you like, keep going into the, the box. It's like, it gets deeper, right. deeper and deeper because it's like, no matter what's going on, your path is, is being paved. You know, one of the, I want to touch on one of the first things that you shared uh, in this was, you know, self-forgiveness, right? Like forgiving ourselves. We hear so much about forgiving others, but that's, that's, that's also a projection and it's great. I don't want to, you know, minimize that by any means though. There's, true importance that if we forgive ourselves, then we learn what forgiveness is. Then we can really be able to share that with others from that resonant field of what forgiveness is and have a greater impact. And then, you know, like you were just sharing of like, I am enough. And to give ourselves permission to feel the feelings. I'm angry. It's okay to be angry. There's righteous anger. If we're reacting then we have an opportunity for growth. If we're responding from a place of responsibility because of that anger and we recognize and we feel it, that's a beautiful experience because once we identify something, we take away its power. Is you know what? I'm angry. Okay. Well, I don't want to embody this anger. I don't want to live in a state of anger. So let me name it. Let me name that anger. Let me find out where that is because then it loosens its constriction on us. 
you know, and that's the thing is, is a lot of people are stuck in that, that, that hamster wheel of over and over. I'm angry. Oh, I'll just put that over to the side. Nothing to see here. I'm going to keep going and doing and doing. I'm just going to do more. Well, that wheel is going to come back around. It's going to kick us in the butt even harder next time. Well, I'm going to push it away. I'm going to do something. I'm going to drink it away. I'm going to exercise it away. I'm going to do whatever is outside of me. So what would you say? Because the generational trauma and the way that we stored you know, our trauma in our DNA there's a lot of people out there that come from backgrounds that that are are fairly challenging whether it's abuse whether it's addiction whether you know whatever the situation or circumstance is what would you say to those people that are are caught in that perpetual loop you know that trauma loop and they really want to shift beyond that threshold of pain and they want to embody spirit but they just don't know how or they've tried and what would you what would you say to them as a start point for them? So I want to go practical and I want I want to go like theoretical for a second before that. Absolutely. So that root is usually a displacement of like your own character in the in the theater. So you see everyone else and you assume because no one wears their problems on their sleeve. Like some people do, but very few people wear their problems on their sleeve. So you see everyone else operating in the world and you can assume that everyone is operating with no problems. Oh, they have a good job. They have a wife and kids. They're doing this. You don't know how their grandparents are doing or how their uncle is. You don't know what's going on in their life, how stuff their job may be, if they're in the right career for them. You don't know what is going on with them. You don't know what problem someone else has. And so you can assume that. And it's a, it's a crazy assumption that we we all do it. We assume we're the only ones with with problems. Right. It's it's an incredible human. It's like that ego thing, though. It's like I have like you have problems, but I got problems. Problems because we can feel our problems. Part of it is realizing, that, hey, we're all human. We're all figuring this thing out. We're all experiencing this thing in real time. No one has has a manual for their life. Like, okay, at age forty two, we're gonna do this. At forty three, we can make plans, and usually those plans are you know get thrown out halfway through, but understand that everyone has problems. Everyone's going through something and your perception of someone else's problems aren't real. They're your perception. And so you have to kind of release their subjectivity to release the pressure you have on yourself to be perfect because most of that stress is coming from, I'm not good enough. Uh, I didn't make the right decision. I'm not educated. Something I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not, that's what it comes down. That root chakra of my I am consciousness is not very strong. It doesn't feel very prepared here. No one's prepared here. That's why we learn and teach each other. We don't have babies like, okay, figure it out. When you become 18, you don't figure it all out. When you become 25, you don't figure it all out. When you become 50, you don't figure it Every step of the way, you're in a new step. Every day, Actual student. Hey, you're, you have to approach life as if it's you're not going to figure it all out. There has to be a point where we accept the unknown because you realize there's no getting in front of this. There's You cannot be prepared for everything. You cannot know everything you need to know to be, quote unquote, successful, because that's even based in some of the traumas you have. And so accepting unknown and accepting is what gets you to presence 
So like the practical thing, I would say like, hey, start meditating. Yeah. Right. But you have to know why you're meditating. It's not just to feel relaxed or to feel at ease. It's it's to tap you in back to the core principle of being and being present and being enough in the presence because the presence has more knowledge than you do. Even the physical body has more awareness than the mind does. It's it's made of the earth. It's made of the minerals and things that are of the earth. The earth knows its trajectory. It's not thinking about should it spin or should it rotate the sun? It's doing what it needs to do. The body does the same thing. We don't think about our heart beating. We don't think about every single breath. We don't think about blood flowing through our body. We don't think about the... So many things are happening in the body. If we had to think about it, we would be dead because it's too many processes. So there's even in your own being, your own body is operating with your mind in an unknown state. You know how a liver works. Maybe some of you do, but most of us don't know how a liver works. We don't know how a kidney works, but the kidney does. And it's doing its thing without you trying to interfere. If your own body is operating without your knowledge. Look around you. Look at what's happening in another city. You have no idea what's happening in the town across from you. You have no idea what's happening in a country that you had never been in. Things are happening. You have no idea what's happening in other planets, other universes, other solar systems. You don't have no idea. Yet everything is happening. Do you think something who has control of all these things is also has the empathy and the love for you to pave your path? Mm. This great cosmic force also has your micro path in all of it. This little pebble in the sand. You live 100 years, you live no time in the history of, of forever. You know what? It, it, it's, it's amazing, actually, how much we have this path. Because look at the human life compared to the great universe that we've observed. It's so small. It's infinitely small in comparison. And yet the experience is so rich. And so that it goes back to that simple thing of like understanding that is the gift. With despite things being turbulent or or chaotic or there's anger, frustration, stress, burnout. It just all are signposts that get back to well-being. And we're going to fluctuate. We're not going to be in a well-being state 24-7. Life, I don't even know if it's meant to be that way. Right. But if you're in a well-being state, it's a it's to get you back to the median, back to the threshold, back to normalcy. And just to make that your normal, not to make anger your normal. And you feel good, you go back to anger. Or you feel good, go back to sadness. You feel good, go back to control. And we can do that as well sometimes. We we get so, and this, I think it's what happens. We get so into the presence and things are rolling. We're like, I'm in control. I'm doing this. I'm doing pretty good in life. I'm, and you start doing stuff. Start moving knobs. And you forget to sit back and relax and be an observer. And then things are happening. Like, oh, I got I to gotta slow down. I got to start, you know, meditating again. I got to get back to my presence. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. What happens. And then you feel like you're in control. The ego will will run wild because it just keeps up with the dance. And if you can, if you can just be aware of that and not feel bad about not being perfect, that's not what this life's about. It's about the experiences you make and the connections you make with the people you love, people around you, your community, your family. It, it comes down to that simplicity and, and we can get robbed of the time we have with the ones we love because we're worried about being perfect or them not being perfect. Because what happens too, you think you should be perfect. You hold people up to that same standard. 
they did this, they did that. It's like, yeah, they're human too. They have issues too. The ones you think they don't have, they have. The one, they can be going through something extremely traumatic. You have no idea. Someone you see at work every single day can have an alcohol addiction and you have no idea because they look functioning and they're thriving in their career and they go home and they drink themselves to sleep. You have no idea what people are going through. And so we have to have a, a level of empathy that starts with self that says, hey, I have to be empathetic with myself and knowing I'm not perfect. I'm not human. I don't know everything. I, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to get angry, get upset. I'm going to have I'm going to be a flawed human because what I am. But can I be well in my flawedness? Can I be well in my imperfection? So powerful because, you know, you talked about polarity, right? That is everything is a spectrum and it's applying the antidote. So, you know, if we're extreme, like you were talking about, I'm just, I'm in the moment and I'm caught up in the moment though, mm -hmm. right? I'm so caught up in the moment. I'm over on this extreme. Well, what happens is we suffer exhaustion or we end up overdoing things and becoming overwhelmed. Now we have all this stuff on the plate. Well, we have to apply the antidote, which is relaxation or meditation to be able to bring that into that harmonic resonance. So that's, that's a really powerful thing because we forget, you know, we forget who we are. We forget our connection because we're attached to all of those things around us. The reality of it is it's not mine. All those things that are going on out there, they're here for me, but it's not mine to hold on to. You know, in that generational trauma, one of the things in the body work that I do in the emotion technique is, is unwinding those things that aren't ours. Mm -hmm. That anger that I'm feeling right now is a repetitive pattern that was established when I was five years old because of something that happened that I wasn't responsible for, but I've carried that forward. Like you were talking about that, that love from our parent parents, we learned that through a model that was indoctrinated within us. So we can either carry forward that model, which may or may not be healthy, or we can unwind those patterns of indoctrination and feel into and allow us to be a conduit for what is resonant for us in being well, being well, like you said, and that's, it's, it's such a powerful thing. And one thing that I want to touch on too, uh, another part of your work is with the divine masculine, because what we're seeing now an era of where there's an epidemic within healthy masculinity, we hear it all over the place, right? It's so prevalent in our society of toxic masculinity. And I, I don't want to beat up on the masculine because the masculine is, again, it's a spectrum, right? It has very little to do with sex, more to do with the principle of gender, of where on that spectrum between feminine and masculine are we, though the masculine energetic and the patriarchal systems are crashing before us because of an attachment that we've had, or at least in my, my perception of it is an attachment that we've had on what it is to be masculine. When we were talking about the ego, there's an unhealthy attachment to the ego of what masculinity is. So 
what would you say that, uh, you know, what can we do or where do you think is the greatest opportunity for growth in today's masculine energy? Ooh, that's like a, that's like a, a seminar, right? <laughs> right. And I know we're, we're pressed for time. So I want to honor your time here as well, but you know, how would you be able to encapsulate that? That's, that's a, a powerful one. I mean, I think even it's it's such it's like that dichotomy thing. It's so weird. It's there's a balance between, like I said, the attachment right to what this is and what this isn't, and neglect of what this is meant to be. And so, like finding that balance of and it's kind of go back to well being, right? But it's still there are some things that are meant to be shared. And there are some things that must be maintained. And I think it, it's it's found in that in that stillness, in that presence of what is this energy encapsulated? What is what is the masculine from dynamic in a in a energetic sense, in a physical, metaphysical sense? You have this masculine thing, which technically is the ego, it is the identifier, it is the the sun energy, it is the enlightenment, it is the knowledge, it is the knowing energy. It's meant to be certain. It's meant to be firm, meant to be stable, meant to be structured. And then you have this darkness, this shadow, this moon, this unknown, this presence that has no stability, has no structure. But that presence is expressed through structure. Right. So there is this dance between creation and science or creation and math is creation and systems and processes and expression and and structure and there's there has to be a a marriage of those two energies for us to have a proper foundation within self and so there's a micro to that within like self if you find your your presence your being your expression becomes the structure because to express it is come from spirit to even speaking it is still a manifest form of just energy that's unorganized. So the masculine is all about organizing energy. That, that is the primary function of the masculine to organize energy. And then if you look at it in like, you know, how is that supposed to be done? It's like organizing energy in the highest expression. And it's like, okay, what does that look like? And it's like, well, the highest expression has to support what? Well, human life. And then not just human life. What does human life need? We need oxygen. We need all these things. We need to sustain nature. Like we're we're put here to organize the energy of the planet. And then, but again, it, so you have this big responsibility, but you don't have the big responsibility because it's there's already that divine masculine force out there. But you have to just play your part, and it starts with inside. So if I have to get my expression, my well being, and organize not even the energy around me, the energy within myself which is your own spiritual health, your own mental health, your emotional health, your purpose, your hobbies, like organize your life, organize these different things in your life. That's that. It's so crazy. Those things will reveal your expression to others. It will not that you're trying to be masculine, but you're trying to be organized. You're trying to make things make sense in your life to where it makes sense for you. And you, you feel confident, like, Confidence is so important for men because if you don't have that, you you go around 
on two different ends of that spectrum, right? You have that toxic side of it. Most men who have toxic traits, it stems from insecurity. No one's toxic because they're confident in who they are. They're, they're toxic because they fear if they don't project these traits that they'll be walked over or they'll be abused. And maybe they have been abused in the past. It may be a symptom of that. Or there'll be someone who has a lack of power in their lives and there is no control. And then they're they're pessimist or they're apathetic or they're pushed over. Or they don't have control. And their, their life becomes a downward spiral. So neither of those options are masking within themselves their 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 mask to protect or protection or their further victimization of self an unhealthy expression of it 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 not it doesn't work so you have to get to a point where i know who i am or i'm maybe i'm not even knowing who i am i'm i know my my current energy state in my well-being i'm finding my well-being i'm constantly every day i have to make it is i have to find it every day I'm not going to find it yesterday and keep it for next week. I have to find it every single day. Sometimes it may be every minute. You might say, well-being, well-being. You got to have a alarm on your phone for every five minutes, well-being, to remind you until you get into that state, which is why meditation is so important because it brings you into that state of remembering every day. I'm sitting with myself not to, I'm, I'm remembering that there is something beyond my current understanding and that's going to be expressed through me. And the more I do that, I'm going to build. And then you have the surrounding thing af- after that. It's like yourself is organized. Then it's how can you organize for others? And you get to occupation and career and purpose, and things of that nature, which requires competence, which requires study or, or skill development. Like all these things are masculine principles by nature because you're you're living out these things. And the women have still go through these processes too as well, but it's it's different because of the roles that we end up playing in life. So when a woman has a child, inherently she's going to have expectations of you, rightfully so. And so you have to have some kind of confidence. You don't have to know everything. You have to, again, there's going to be unknown for both of you in that path, but you have to know, okay, I have something concrete that we can stand on. There's things that we can work through with that. But on the macro macro scale, it's understanding what that looks like. And this is where I feel like the most work can be done, but it's it's hard to get to that place without the micro. But the macro sense is there is an inherent hierarchy to life. And I think one of the fundamental questions of everything, and I think nature solves this question in, in an and I think we're just like not living in a natural way. Um, it's why maybe we have the problem. Maybe it's not even the problem. It's just why we have to get to the solution and it'll evolve you know, itself. But what do you do with what, is seem, what seems like the lowest of the hierarchy? Because if we're still, we're spiritually still technically all one body, right? Like your, your big toe is not as important as your brain. But you wouldn't want to not have a big toe. Your left arm isn't as important as your heart, but you would probably want that left arm. There's a synergy to the body that is meant to be assumed in, in a macro sense, from a mi- micro to macro. It's it's supposed to be a lesson of wisdom. And so, yes, 
you know, maybe someone is the left arm of life, they're not the heart, they're not the engine, but they're still important. They're still humans. They still deserve decency and respect and et cetera. So when it, when it comes to men, not only has the paradigm changed as far as like what hierarchy means, and there's more room in the middle now. There's not two polar extremes like you either have or you have not. There's a lot of a lot more room to flow in the middle. But there's a shift of how do we help our fellow men develop a sense of well-being beyond the ego hierarchy. Because we we can't remove, like the lion cannot remove the antelope, right? And it, that sound, it sounds kind of primitive, but like that's, we're still, that's who we are. We're still animals living in the wild, right. built houses around it. And, and like, we're still animals in the wild, but there's still a natural course. Like there are some times where an animal may not hunt, you know, another animal just because like, okay, not, not right now. And we're not hunting each other. We're living amongst each other. And maybe we're hunting for resources. Maybe we, I don't know. Like there's a paradigm around hierarchy that's shifting. I think some people want to shift the hierarchy away. I think that's impossible inherently because there's just different things in different places, right? Like, and hierarchy is not a static thing, right? Like, in a household, you may have a hierarchy, but if you go to the doctor, your hierarchy changes. The doctor now has hierarchy. Or you get pulled over by the police, your hierarchy changes. Or if you, you're in the airport, the TSA agent who may make five times less than you has more hierarchy than you. So hierarchy is not this static, you know, super rigid thing. It's a very fluid thing. And I think that may be like part of the shift. It's like understanding that that hierarchy is shifting and dynamic. It's 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 not based on I have this, you have this. It's based on where is the competence? Who can we trust? Who can we depend on for this situation? And that would change maybe how we even see someone. You know, if you go into McDonald's and you're a millionaire and you're talking at that point in time, the person making your fries has a hierarchy because guess what? You're not going to go back there and do it yourself and they're going to make the fries better than you're going to make them. So there's a respect factor of Hey, this person is doing a service for me. I'm comp- it's like the exchange factor, you know, of kind of going back to the spirit of barter, understanding what money is meant to be this exchange vehicle of value and to appreciate even what you may consider a small amount of value. Whether someone washing your car or someone helping you in the store, at that point they have the hierarchy, they have the competence, they are the person giving the service and it's like respecting people who are serving because when you serve you want to be respected and so when someone else serves in another capacity they want to be respected and so having that respect as you know i think it's really big for men yeah i think i, I feel like women are typically better at that they're like humans can change in general but i feel like it's really important for men to have the hierarchy because the men who may not have the highest paying positions still deserve human respect and more than anything, and if I if I can get anything across to anyone, it's always going to be beyond the physical realm. Physical, I mean, spiritual well-being is the wealth. That is the well-being. Everything else is 
financial well-being, it's physical well-being, it's but actually being well in in this moment is the wealth. And I it's it's ironic because it's like I feel like that spurs a different kind of growth in general. So it's like, how does that work? Is it like, you know, like what happens if as I say I, I'm curious to know what happens if the men who feel the most downtrodden on earth finds well-being, what that does for the planet even, because that that's such there's such a lot of weight on feeling like the world is against you, feeling like you can't move forward. There's so much weight and there's so much pressure on men to perform to these ideals because not just men who have them, women have them as well. And so these expectations of men can be healthy and unhealthy. And we have to learn what is healthy and what's unhealthy. What can we peel back? And so there's a lot of, you know, unpacking there and that macro thing. I don't know how long that takes. I don't know if it's a time thing. I think it's more of an energy shift. And I think the biggest thing is for men is to realize, hey, that we're we're still a brotherhood. We're still, you know, one people. And we have to respect each other and and try to uplift each other. Yeah, some people will go astray, but that that's par for the course. That's that's not trying to have a utopia. It's understanding that there are going to be some slip through the cracks. People are going to resist. Sure, that's the, it's the time for this time. Whatever the time period calls for, it's going to call for it. But if it's on your heart to say, hey, I, I feel like men can be together and we can you know, promote healthier ideals. We can be responsible husbands, responsible parents, and we can be responsible brothers to each other. We can be respectful for other men who may not be in the same class or same position or whatever. It's like because things change fast. Yeah. The first can easily become last, last can easily become first. And so having that respect factor for everyone, it, I mean, that's a masculine principle in itself. Respect, right? You're respecting the form principle. You're respecting what has become manifest. You're res- respecting what's become known because everything we depend on, there's people doing something right like the chick-fil-a sandwich has to be somebody gotta catch the chicken gotta cut the head off somebody's plucking the feathers someone's driving the truck of chickens to chick-fil-a someone's dropping it in the in the oil someone's handing it to you like there is so much that goes into that than just so all those men are helping you enjoy your lunch you know you can look at that person say oh this person's a low life or whatever the case may be but they're someone going through a journey the same way you are and, you know, I, I think that men have to respect masculinity more. You know, when we respect it, it'll be reinforced because that's the structure. That's the that's the knowingness. That's the enlightenment. And we have to bring that alignment within ourselves to say, hey, what are we doing that is harmful? And what are we doing that is driven out of insecurity? And it, it's, you know, the spiritual you know, well-being seems like the answer for everything. And it's just like, like, I know because it is, it's like, it's, it's, I, I hate to do it, but I love to do it. I'm like, yeah, that's simple. And people are like, it can't be that simple. I have all these problems. Like I know we have, that's the beauty of it. No matter how dynamic your problems are, the well-being, it's not like, oh, it's not going to work. I, I use an example of someone I talked to uh, maybe a few weeks ago. They were talking about a problem they were having. And I, and I was explaining like, okay, things are either going to get, Resolve or they won't. But what's what's true is you can either feel good the entire way or bad the entire way. Mm. 
Which one makes sense? Things don't work out, but you feel great the entire way. Things do work out and you feel bad the entire way. Things work out and you feel great the entire way or things don't go right. You feel bad the entire way. Like either way you slice it, feeling bad doesn't work. Right. So well-being works either way. If it doesn't work out, maybe it wasn't planned, but at least you feel good. If it does work out, great. You're you're aligned with which, what you were going towards. And you often find what we think doesn't work out is leading us to what we think, quote unquote, works out. Yeah. So it's 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 all back to well-being. It's all because well-being is the path to alignment. That is the path to resonance. Nothing else works. Everything else, you know, we we have human solutions for. You know, if you have a broken leg, I'm not saying well-being is going to fix it, but not being a well-being isn't going to fix it. Right. So you have to have surgery. But feeling bad having the surgery is not gonna not gonna help. Right. So it's like it's not this band-aid we put on things. It's just saying if you're not in your well-being, nothing that you do here is gonna matter anyway. You know, so staying in well-being and then understand that there are human connections of competence for men and women who have things that can help you. That's all we're doing here. Everything this human experience is about, because we're all just energetic beings. We're all here just servicing a frequency adjustment. Mm. You go to places that adjust your frequency to a higher degree. No one goes anywhere to feel worse. Even someone who feels bad, they drink because drink the alcohol is serving as a frequency adjustment. It's adding to my well-being that I can't tap into on my own right now. I'm on these drugs because I don't feel good and these drugs make me forget about what I feel bad about or they're adding to me feeling better. I'm eating this food because it's making my frequency go up a little bit more. I'm hanging out with this person that maybe I shouldn't hang out with because it makes me feel a little bit better about what I've been through. Everything is a frequency adjustment. The difference is when you can adjust your own frequency, you attract things naturally that are adding to what you already feel within. They're not changing things artificially. So yes, life is going to add to you. Life is going to give you ups and downs. But if you make your normal life practice, I would say, like your meditation, your your prayer, all those different things, if you can adjust your own frequency and be well in that, you'll find that you don't need so many of the artificial things that you thought you needed. And it can be, it can be different for different people. Some people, it's a career. It can be success. It can be money. It can be cars. It can be women. It can be sex. It can be drugs. It can be alcohol. It can be exercise. It can be whatever it is. It can be pornography. Whatever your your adjustment is, it's like, why do I need this adjustment? And when you when you get to that, it can be the things you think are are great. And if you realize you don't need the adjustment, life, you you allow the presence to, to live through you more freely because you're not doing things for the frequency adjustment. You just let the adjustments come to you. And it's such it's such a freeing experience to have life to live life that way versus the other trying to constantly find something to to fix you to change you to make you feel better it's like you already you're you're already enough as you are you have to realize it and then everything from that realization becomes true because realization is the masculine energy the manifest energy i am now knowing that i am good enough so my path is now paved with i am enough Versus I don't know I'm enough. So I'm trying to find things to put in my path to say I'm enough. 
I'm trying to show people I'm a look, I'm a great father. Look, I'm a great husband. Look, look at my career. Look at my money. Look at this. Look, I'm I'm amazing, right? Right? You, you guys believe me? And then you don't feel like people believe you because it's not resonating. And now you're adding things and it's like you're already enough. You, you're already enough as you are in the moment, even though if you want you can you want to get better. I want to get better. I want to grow. I want to learn new things. But guess what? As you are right now, nothing else added. As you are right now, you are enough. And that is amazing within itself. And that's going to the start of the well-being for men. And you can meditate with that. You can pray with that. You can journal on that. You can contemplate on it. Whatever you have to do, talk about it with a friend. Talk about it with a family member. Talk about it with John. Anyone. Like The vehicle is open to explore your enoughness. And enoughness is really just saying it's whole, which is just saying it's well. All of this is just going back to I am well. I am I'm in my well-being. So let me just be in the well-being. No matter what's going on, you are there's no adding to you to make you enough. So powerful. And yeah, you, know, you really summed it up with that because, like you said, healing comes from the root of whole, right? And it's not a this or that. And the masculine energy is really like you were speaking to is, is directionally focused. And if we are the extreme expression of that, then we become so myopic on our viewpoint that we're no longer whole. We're not fully allowing for that whole experience. So to, you know, to really embody that is like you said, to be in that space of being, to be whole, to be well. And all of the practices that you spoke to are exactly that. It allows us to be the expression while also being directionally focused. We can be directionally focused as long as we just don't have a mind viewpoint that we're making sure that as within, so throughout, as throughout, so within. And that's in a harmonic resonance then we're going to be able to be in that space because I firmly believe that if we can heal the masculine energy and allow that to be a wholeness, we can create the most magnanimous shift in human history. Yeah. It's, it's a firm belief of mine. So thank you. Thank you for speaking to that. So incredibly important. And um, to wrap this up, because I, I know that uh, you know we're a little bit over our time today, even though, we're timeless beings and we're, I'm sure we're going to have more conversations to be able to dive in because we touched on so many things today, right? I mean, we, we basically went across the map and just, just scratched the surface while people might be listening and be like, man, you guys went in on this conversation. The reality of it is, is we touched just on the surface level of it to give us enough, like you were saying, breadcrumbs to follow, to follow that bouncing ball. Yeah. So to close this out is what do you think that we can do to support a more sustainable and harmonious human experience? What can we do to be better together? Be love and and, and express it to others. You know, when you find that wellness, and you understand that path it took you to get to that wellness. And it's like you have to deeply empathize, understand that everyone has gone through that same experience. And if you can be love and express that love to others, it a lot of things take care of themselves. You know, 
some things are will remain the same, but the energy of it will shift. You know, like I said, hierarchy is can be dynamic. It doesn't have to mean people are suffering at the bottom. I mean, people are are greedy at the top. It could just mean things are shift in energy. You know, and we're we're on the cusp of it. We're 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 right on the edge of it because things are things that don't work are going to naturally fade off. It's just a matter: of, are we fighting it? Are we are we accepting it? Are we allowing the change to happen? Are we resisting the change? And love is the thing that hasn't changed in history, right? Like presence hasn't changed. Well-being hasn't changed. Everything else changes. Job titles, the currencies we use, anything can change. But presence never changes. It's the only thing that's here now and will always be here now. So beautiful. Thank you. I mean, that's such a uh, succinct point to be able to send everyone off on. And I truly appreciate your time today, Jamie Leak. It's been a long time coming. Uh, you know, I, I first learned of you through entering her vortex. Uh, you kept on popping up on Instagram and I was like, who is this guy? You know? And then I just started tapping in and looking into your work and, uh, you have this series that's on YouTube, uh, you know, about self-awakening. Uh, that's incredible. I highly recommend people to, uh, to tap into your resources. I want to share a few of those. Um, and if there's anything that I miss, please, uh, you know, inform our listeners of where they can find her, anything that you want to share with them. Uh, so his website is jmalikteachings.com. That's J-M-A-L-I-K teachings.com. I want to share with you, there's there's a few writings that he has on there within the blog, and they're incredibly potent. We touched upon those today. And those are about uh, the divine masculinity. Uh, They're on uh, the path to self-awakening, family being the business of of God. And there's just some incredibly powerful teachings. And they're like literally three to five minute reads. It's not, you know, an hour long podcast. They're really short, succinct offerings that are literally gifts for us to remain present in the moment. Um, and then he has uh, three books that I want to touch on, and and forgive me if I'm missing any of them. Entering her vortex, which are, touches on the fundamental principles of a divine union between the divine masculine and the sacred feminine, uh, and which is beautiful for the intimate communion and what we are of service to in creating that harmonic resonance between the masculine and feminine energy. And even if there's same-sex relations, it's about the masculine and the feminine energies. It's not about gender specifics. So I want to make that very clear that this is an open teaching for anyone that wishes to tap in to the masculine and feminine energetics and how to weave those together. Now, if you're more aligned with the, the masculine energy and you want to learn how to embrace your masculine energy, or if you're on the feminine end of it and you want to learn more about what the divine masculine energetic is about, he has one, the divine masculine handbook. That one's on sale right now. Uh, and then uh, the alchemist guide to self-awakening is essentially what we've been talking about is how to alchemize, how to heal, how to behold the ultimate journey of self-love, self-awareness, and spiritual alignment. So 
Those are things that I would offer as a resource for any of our listeners today that felt a resonance with what we were talking about. For a more personal connection, you can reach them on Instagram at jmaliktaughtme. Also on YouTube, jmaliktaughtme as well. Those are all going to be in the show notes uh, for Fonium. Uh, Jamalik, is there anything else that you want to share? Anything that I missed on today? Oh, this has been great. Um, love the flow, and I hope this, you know, serves someone very well. I have no doubt that it will. I mean, like you said, you know, it's timeless because 100 years from now, if people are tapping in and the interwebs and podcasts are still a thing and they come across this, it's timeless, right? These are timeless things that are available for us. And we never know, you know, one or 1,000, 1 billion of what the ripple effect is going to be. So thank you for your time today. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for your service. I look forward to our continued connection moving forward. Likewise. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Reverberations. This is John Stewart with Jay Malik. And remember, we are better together. If this podcast resonated with you, or if you feel that there's someone that would, please pass it on. That's what Reverberations is all about, echoing a message that resonates within. And if you or anyone that you are connected with is feeling disconnected from passion, purpose, stuck in a feedback loop of repeating patterns that aren't providing results that are in alignment with what you desire, let's free up some bandwidth open up the possibilities, and embrace the fire within. Visit Embrace the Fire Within, select a time to connect, and I look forward to our conversation. Have an amazing day. Love you all. All right, you Yeah. Welcome to a world what we share is magnanimous Ancestral lineage, tap into my conscience Tiptoe the tightrope, let go with no go Surrender to the flow, now I know it's anonymous Synonymous with the truth, proof is in the story If my line is locked, though it's mandatory Persistent with perspective as I hold the collective Reticent medicine, it's all about the Benjamins Frankly, hanky panky has been happening since Genesis Telling us a memorable of prejudice With that lyrics to separate the evidence A solution with benevolence Integrity and grace is my sole precedence. The word of voices, miraculous verbal acrobatics, reception is immaculate, a soul activator, social spectator, dream maker, narrator, word is a one generation cycle breaker, live between the lines, call outside the box, creative perspective, somewhat orthodox, unlock the voice box as we're speaking into existence, elements of alchemy actually remind me of what I am intentionally, the breath of me said to me, I'm glad you never left me, blessing in disguise, vaporize the life of death of me, you and me. Unity, a recipe for harmony.